0: Welcome into a special edition of the Commitment Issues podcast. I'm Woody Womack. Joined on the phone by Rob Cassidy and Nick Krueger. Big news, breaking news, Texas. It's finally over. They fired Charlie Strong. Nick, we'll start with you. Boy, it's been a long time coming. What's uh, the, what's the feeling down there in Texas? Is this uh,
1: something that we knew that was going to happen for a while? Well, yeah, I, I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. I, you know, coming out of last week, I had said that you know there might have been a feeling of optimism. Uh, as far as, far as uh, the job that he was doing towards the end of the season, relative to how he started the year, uh, but you know, he, 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 certain things are unforgivable, and, and any progress that you make, you're, you're definitely taking three steps back when you lose as you did to, to Kansas. There, so you know that was really that was really the, the final nail in the coffin, so to speak, and especially when there's so many uh, rumors swirling around of other of other coaching options that are definitely more attractive to. Uh, you know the fans and the and the public at large that support Texas and follow Texas. Uh, you know, so that certainly allows uh, the Longhorns to to start the process of of getting involved with some of those candidates.
0: So uh, you know, before we move on to to who they're they're going to get or you know what the potential is for the recruits, uh, Rob, I wanted to ask you: Do you feel like he ever really got a a fair shake down there? I know some people feel like he had plenty of time; others felt like. It seemed like they were ready to fire him from, from the get-go. What's your take on the way his era kind of played out down there?
2: I suppose it it, it depends on how you define fair shake. Uh, I think he got one from the administration. I think three years is plenty of time to avoid losing to Kansas and avoid some of these other things that happened, uh, losing to Kansas State and losing to some of those other teams that they should be head and shoulders above uh, with all the advantages and all of the recruiting advantages they have. Uh, I don't think the fan base ever got on board with him, but – and maybe that plays a little bit of a factor because it doesn't it seemed like a lot of these fans were ready to fire him two years ago, right? Like it, the buzz started in his first season, uh, but the fans don't make coaching decisions necessarily. Sure, they can put a little bit of pressure on boosters who can in turn put pressure on the administration. I'm sure that played a little bit of a part, but I think three years is a fair, especially at Texas. Uh, he wasn't being asked to build Toledo from the ground up. Um, I think at Texas, you should be able to at least – I mean, I don't think anybody expected them to play for a national championship this year either. But if you're missing a bowl game in year three, you know, it's an unfortunate reality of kind of what this has become, I guess. Nobody wants to see anybody get fired, uh, especially after three years. It's it's not fun for anybody. Uh, But, you know, this is what coaching has become when the salary is inflated. And if you're at Texas, a school with those kind of expectations and that kind of money, and you are missing a bowl game in what a lot of people think is the weakest conference in the country – you can get fired, man, and that, you know that's what happened. And you know we wish Charlie Strong the best, but it's just not going to work for him at Texas.
0: Yeah, I think it, I think it was a. It's 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 hard to look at it like he didn't get a fair shot. Like you said, he had several seasons. He did recruit really well. I think what doomed him was the constant. Uh, coaching carousel with his assistants. I mean, you know, last year we saw them go out and and court this offensive coordinator who's done a great job, but then here we are two games into the year, and then Charlie Strong has taken over as the defensive play caller and demoting people, and that, that first year we remember he kicked several players off the team because, you know, he runs a tight ship notoriously, so... It's it's been a real mess, Uh, Nick. When in in terms of guys that we talked about, I mean the Tom Hermans of the world, the Jimbo Fisher, some of the names we know we're going to hear Nick Saban rumors, and you know the (laughs) the Nick Saban
2: rumors are my favorite Texas tradition. (laughs) It's just so absurd. So,
0: so assuming we count out Saban as as getting the job, uh, one of those guys maybe Herman, maybe maybe Jimbo, which I still think is is odd to hear his name floated out there. Which guy do you think has the biggest early impact on recruiting and can maybe save this class and and maybe
1: nab some of the guys that are that are looking out of state? Well, Herm- Herman has to be your first option, not only because of the success that he had at Houston. Um, but just the fact that he's already in tune with a lot of uh, in state recruits, just by virtue of the fact that, you know, that's uh, the area that he was recruiting as well. That Houston market is definitely. Uh, one that he can tap into and one that, you know, one that they'll try and, and take a little bit better advantage of, uh, given the fact that it's so close in, in relation to College Station and, um, you know, Texas A&M will, will be looking to, you know, to keep us. I mean, well, now now since we're talking about coaching situations, I mean, Texas A&M's uh, is, is somewhat up in the air as well, depending on who you ask. So with a little bit of instability there, if Herman gets the job in Texas and is able to uh, capitalize on, on maybe some perceived uncertainty uh, at Texas A&M, you know, that's 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 an, that's an area that that they can really take advantage of. We all know that, you know, Texas really wanted to get Marvin Wilson, for example. And, uh, you know, and he's out of the Houston area and obviously not not he's not an option for Houston itself. But you would think that with Tom Herman's, uh, you know, ability to get along, his his charisma to uh, with with the players, um, you would have thought that given, given the backing that he would have had at Texas, that would have been a much more feasible option for, for them to try and secure a recruit like him. So uh, you, you got to start with him just for a variety of reasons and give him the first crack at things. And if it doesn't shake out well with him, uh, then you start looking elsewhere. Yeah. And look, if you're Herman,
2: this is, and I wrote about this a little bit from the LSU perspective on the website. This, I mean, there are a lot of factors going on right now that are kind of conducive to you being able to have some success at Texas, right? Baylor's a mess. Texas Tech might be looking for a coach in the near future who knows they're down. LSU is looking for a coach who recruits Texas, you know, constantly. Um, so and A&M is not what they were three years ago. So if if you're if there's a time to go into Texas, which is traditionally the power recruiting and otherwise in that area, uh, and really kind of reassert yourself as the dominant power, this is it, right? I mean, it seems like a perfect storm of factors where everybody else is down uh, that had made progress in the last five years. You know, you had your you had your emergence of Baylor, Texas Tech was on the upswing not too long ago, A&M was viewed as the top dog for a little while. Now it seems like that window is open again where the Longhorns can kind of assert themselves and be the Longhorns again if they can get the right
1: guy in there. So, you know, I think Herman would be insane not to accept this job right now. And and when you look at what he's done at Houston, too, I mean, he, obviously they're not getting a ton of, uh, you know, four, four and five. Well, I don't I guess I guess as we all know, at Oliver, the only the only five star commit to. Uh, you know, to commit to Houston out of a power non non group of uh, whatever the whatever the phrasing is, but but generally, you know, he's he's having to find those guys. You know that maybe slip through the cracks a little bit. He has to do a little bit of it. Uh, Him and him and his staff, I should say, have to do a little bit more. You know, scouting and analysis on guys before they bring them into the program. And and if you can operate successfully on that level, and then infuse it with a lot of the young talent that Texas already has, because make no mistake, there's a lot of strong young players on that Texas team right now. And uh, the turnover, not just for Herman, but if any any qualified coach that comes in there, you know, it's not it's not a total gut job. I mean, there's a lot of good things uh, left in the cupboard for whoever takes over that program and when you've got a guy that can um, meld all those ingredients together um, you know you've got yourself a pretty tasty cake in the oven right <laughs> well
2: <laughs> sorry tasty cake in the oven is, is, really, is really something so
0: you know I know we're, we're, we're kind of assuming at this point that it's going to be Herman I, I think he's going to you know look at some options for sure but if we, if we run down the list Nick real fast do you think some of these guys, okay, you mentioned Marvin Wilson. Does does he take a look at Texas if the right coach is hired? Do you think or has the, the ship sailed on him?
1: I think if Jimbo goes to LSU, uh Marvin's a lock to LSU. So okay. and that and but if that doesn't end up happening and Herman goes to Texas and they do that in quick enough order, and you know, and Herman and Herman has the good sense to make Marvin a priority, you know, there's there's definitely something to be said for that. I think I think it's a possibility. Uh, how about how about five star linebacker Baron Browning? Any chance that they get back in the mix there? No,
0: no, they're out. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'd safe to say Jeffrey Okuda. What do you think? Yes or no? Mm,
1: uh, that I mean that's that's another situation where they'd have to work very very hard and fast with him. I mean, there there might be a little bit more of an outside chance with him, uh, but but I the percentage I still think would be pretty low considering just how far along he is in the recruiting process with some of his other contenders.
0: Yeah. And that's something that we have to really weigh is that no matter who the new coach comes in, I mean, you've got guys who've taken official visits elsewhere, some of these kids early enrollees and, you know, for them to change their mind a week or two before they're set to, to, you know, enroll and set foot on campus, that's going to be a a tough a tough pull for sure so uh, we'll wait and see who the man is in Texas and uh, we want you to keep listening to Commitment Issues, find us on iTunes visit us us at Rivals.com